Welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with Jeff Rappaport. He's on the line today, creative financing genius. Um, and today we're going to talk some more about deal structuring. And um, kind of what we're going to do is Jeff has a, a deal that uh, he's made some offers on. Um, and what I, I haven't heard of the deal yet. So what he's going to do is he's going to pass the ball to me and uh, see what I can do with it, uh, what, what I would come up with. And then, uh, and then he's going to tell me what he did on that. So, yeah, let's get to it. So one of the things that I, 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 I like doing on the podcast, and I think the feedback has been pretty positive, is people like deal structuring, right? Where we work through deals so they can gain a little better understanding how the numbers come together, how we come up with uh, down payment, purchase price, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so Jonathan, you're, you're kind of like our listeners, right? We, we, we basically put this together, like this is your journey. And so I'm trying to figure out ways that, hey, one, I can help you, and two, that by helping you, we're helping all our listeners out there as well. Right. Yep. And uh, I'm still learning creative financing. And you're absolutely right. This, this podcast was, is that journey of, of me learning from you, Jeff, as a mentor. Um, and then hopefully adding value to our listeners, to our audience, and to all of those uh, real estate investors out there who want to learn creative financing strategies. Perfect. So let me give you an example. And like you said, you you know nothing about this. This would be exactly the same for all of our listeners as it is for you right now. You're just first hearing about this. And then we'll kind of work through it together. And then I'm going to give you like step by step what I did, how I did my due diligence and how I came up with, you know, some different offers. Okay. Okay. So it's a duplex. It's a four bed, two bath about 2,400 square feet, so 1,200 each side, done 0.22 of an acre, was built in 1974. There's nothing owed on the property, it's free and clear. The condition is good, except that it's gonna need a roof in the next couple of years. They think the property is worth 350, 350,000. They want 325,000. They're open to creative financing terms. The taxes are $1,459 per year. Okay. Right now, I believe that it's vacant, both sides, and the pro forma rents are probably about 900 a side. Rent nine hundred. Okay. Okay. So 
where, where do we go from this? Well, what, what would be your first step, Jonathan? Well, I would, uh, first of all, I'd look up, why well, I would comp the property out um, using, using the MLS um, okay. to verify that the property is worth uh, $350. Okay. Um, number two, I would um, verify that the market rents are around 900, that that would be, you know, performer rents for that area. Uh, so I'd get on Rent-A-Meter, um, or you can even look on Zillow and see what properties are renting for in the area. So I'd verify that that rents. And then I'd try to get an idea of what taxes are like you did and uh, what insurance would be on this property. So, so the, things I would do, just verify the input information. Can I summarize? Because I have a list of things that, that I do in the order that I do it. Yeah, please. And so I look up the tax records first thing and verify the same things that we, we were able to gather from the seller, right? Okay. So now square footage, that it's zone duplex, that uh, you know, what the taxes are running when it was built, all that kind of stuff. Okay. We will run comps, although really depending on what market we're working in, sometimes we don't even run comps on multifamily. Uh, uh, we've gotten to the point where we don't necessarily need to. And if this was a triplex, I, what, what good are running comps? I mean, the chances of you finding a similar property that's a triplex is not going to be very good. But we may look up properties where, hey, we're looking at something that brings in about $1,800 a month, like this one would, $2,000, $1,600, and just kind of gauge, you know, what are those types of properties selling for? Uh, we will actually do the the rent. Um, so we'll go to, you call it rentometer. I think it's called rentometer, whatever it is. Uh, it's a good source to get quick and easy rents of what's going on in the area. Uh, so that, those are my first three things. So I'm glad that you came up with all those because they're on my list as well. Where do you go from here? So let, let's say you run some comps. You run your rents, you look at your tax records. Now where, what do you do? So on a property like this, um, because it's in good condition, uh, number one, and number two, that they want uh, pretty close to market value for it. Um, I would try to structure an offer now uh, that would be suitable for either myself holding the property or for another investor that uh, wants rental property. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to want to get in light, like we always talk about. Um, and so I'm going to try to figure out how I could structure something where, um, where I can give something to the seller up front, a down payment up front, and then some payments over, I'm going to say three to five years. Okay. What, so let, let's stop there. Let's talk about a couple of things that you just mentioned. So light. Light being how much? I mean, most investors, if you're looking for yourself, light to me would mean, hey, no money down. Uh, wouldn't that be ideal, right? That would be ideal. Um, I would like to, um, I would like to stay somewhere around the ten percent down. I, okay. I, I mean, I'd like to be a little less if I could, but. Um, I, I mean, right now in my head, I'm, I'm just thinking like 
$15,000 down offering. Right. That may not be enough. Um, they, they might want 25 down or something right. like that. But, or they may want 100 down. Yeah, they may want 100 down. Yeah. Um, so, but if I can stay for sure, if I can stay under the 20% um, down. Better than going to the bank. Yeah, yeah that's going to be better than going to the bank. Exactly. So um, if I could be 10 to 15%, it still might be a good deal. And but by, by the way, and we should do an episode on this, but there is a way to, I mean, if you don't have any money and you're looking to get into investing and specifically buy and hold, that there is, there are ways to raise those down payments and still maintain, you know, the cash flow that you could generate. So don't think that, hey, if I want to start using creative finance and I don't have much money, that I've got to just make all no money down deals. And because trust me, right now they're they're not getting accepted. Typically, uh, you know, the market shifts and it's a terrible market, and you will find a lot more no money down deals. But uh, as the market is right now, most of your uh, you've got to offer some money up front. Right. Okay. So. Uh, why the term? Why three or five years? Why why not thirty? Well, if I can get thirty, I'd love that. But um, again, like you said, in this market, um, because properties are able to move so easily, um, sellers might be a little reluctant to uh, hold such a long term. Um, but maybe that you know that might be an offer I throw at them, um, and offer them more money if they'll hold it longer, right? Right. Uh, but three to five years, just because I think that, you know, that's reasonable uh, to a seller. I think a seller would look at that and say, yeah, that's reasonable um, to, I, I could hold financing that long. But, you know, it depends on uh, kind of what their situation is, too. So re really what it comes down to is what, what happened on your either conversation or on your appointment? What, what were you able to discuss? And we've talked about this a few different times. Uh, for us, we, we don't get into a lot of the, okay, so you're open to taking payments for your equity. Uh, what's the least amount that you would accept down? Or what's the longest term that you're willing to consider? Uh, we, we don't do that, mostly because the people that we have doing that um, gathering of information aren't necessarily like acquisition people. And uh, so now we're just throwing out these offers based on you know, very little information uh, relative you know, to what we really need. But if you were the person talking to the seller and they said, yeah, yeah, it's free and clear and I'm open to taking payments for my equity, I would say. Um, so how long have you owned the property? Oh, uh, you know, 14 years. Oh, okay. So when you sell it, you're going to have a pretty sizable tax consequence. Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to that. Well, what if we could spread that tax consequence out for a while? So you're only paying taxes based on the money that you're receiving. Oh, yeah, that might be a good idea. Great. How long would you like to extend your tax consequence? Uh, well, you know, I'd be willing to look at 10 years. Okay. Uh, all of a sudden now we're looking at 10 year terms rather than three or five years. So it's all relative based on how much information you gather directly from the seller. And uh, you can certainly put together whatever offer. If, if you're looking for you, Jonathan, 
uh, hey, and you need a 10-year term, then I guess your offers should be around 10-year term. Just know that you may need to make more offers before you get acceptance because uh, a lot of sellers aren't interested in tying up their property or their, their equity for that long of a period of time. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I wanted to clarify that because I'm curious, how do you come to that realization that, hey, I'm thinking I'll offer a $15,000 down payment and I'm looking at a three-year or five-year term? Other than we've been doing this podcast for a little over a year and typically those are a lot of my kind of offers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> All right, so um, what's the purchase price? What are you offering? So I would ideally like to give them what they're asking for. Um, but kind of the way I'm looking at it right now is how can I, how can I get like $300 cash flow from this property a month? Give yeah. them, give them a, a, you know, close to what they're asking or what they're asking and be able to structure something so that I can give them a payment and then still pay for taxes, insurance, water, sewer, garbage, um, and stay right there within uh, that $300 cash flow range. So if I can, if my, my payment total could be about 1500, I think, I think that the deal would work. Um, Every, everything 1500. So yeah, yeah. Service, all expenses. Tax. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the all right. well, that, that, that's great because that's going to lead us into what's our next step. And so we, we don't know what kind of payment we can offer this seller. And uh, you know, yes, the seller's in his mind thinking that he's discounting this property because it may need a new roof here in the next few years. And, uh, but you know, ultimately we've got to figure out what is the payment that we can afford. If it doesn't matter what they're asking right now, right? they could ask $500,000 if they were willing to take a $500 a month payment each month for the next 30 years, principal only, we might be able to make that work. So, Let's not focus on the price first. Let's focus on what the payment needs to be. Okay. How do we figure that out? Is that your is that your fourth step, Jeff? Yeah, work backwards. Okay. Um, so create. Uh, now that we've done, we've verified all the the different aspects. Let's figure out what the rents are currently and the pro forma rents. Yeah, so a lot of times we're running across that. Hey. Long-term landlords haven't raised rents. Maybe there's a little deferred maintenance, whatever, but the rents could be raised. Okay. So in this case, we don't have any current rents, but we have the performer yeah, rents. Yep. And so you said taxes were fourteen fifty-nine a year. I would guess insurance is probably another six hundred bucks a year. Um, yeah, something like that. And then with water, sewer, garbage, I would say that's about another. Um, call it a hundred bucks a month. Yep. Um, so I would, I would think uh, with, with taxes, insurance and water, super garbage, just paying those, we'd be into it somewhere around 270, 272 a month um, for those things. Well, so, let's see. Um, so we're at like, uh, so if I could, adding up those three, we're at like 2,100 for the year. So yes. that's less than 200. What else did you want to include? 
No, just taxes, insurance, water, sewer, garbage. Okay. So what what is that? That's probably like $180 a month. Um, I'm just doing some math here. Okay. Okay, so for taxes and insurance, that's 2060 for taxes and insurance. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm just going to divide that by 12. Um, so that's 171 a month and I'm just going to add a hundred bucks to that. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're at like 270 a month. Yeah, 271 and some yeah. change. We call it 272 a month. Okay. So, Are you going to add in like property management on this? No, not on a duplex. Um, but if you're you good property manager, you should, right? You should factor that in. Um, yeah, you could. Um, you know, that would be like another 180 a month, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's just add that in too. So that put us, if, with property management, that put us at 452 and some change. Okay. So let's just round it down. Let's call it 450. 450. Okay. Yep. Are you going to cover any like maintenance, repairs? I mean, uh, keep in mind that you will have like a roof expense that'll come up at some point. And uh, on a duplex, I mean, that might be ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000, something like that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if it, you could just go over the top, I don't know. Yeah. Good question. Um, I would try to put a portion of that away every month. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. What would you throw at that? Yeah. I probably wouldn't just because it's a duplex uh, and it was built in 1974. Obviously uh, right now I'm more concerned about trying to get our offer accepted and then I'll go verify, you know, truly what kind of condition the property's in and, you know, how soon a roof would be needed. Um, and really what I'm going to try to do is once I figure out these numbers, I'm going to, when I figure out the price and the down payment, I'm going to add like another $10,000 to it and potentially my wholesale fee because I want to see what the cash on cash return would be for another investor or myself for that matter. Okay. Okay. So now that we've figured out those expenses, we just take that 1800 that we know we can get in rent. We minus the 450 and that leaves us at what? 1350 correct and so now that 1350 we know that that can be our payment um, or something under that so um, well, that can't be our payment because that's not giving you that cash flow yet oh right 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 yeah minus that 300 I'm sorry yeah skip the step so minus that 300 so that'll put us around 1050 right when we minus out our, our yeah. cash. So we can offer the seller around a thousand to a thousand fifty, and still get where we want to be. Is that about right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's that's where I was going with that. So, All right. So the, this now, is my next step. I don't mean to cut you off. You go. What were you going to say? So now, so after minusing cash flow, that's that's where I'm at right now. Is that now we've determined how much we can offer the seller, and that's about thousand thousand fifty a month. Um, so that gives us $300 cash flow, pay for all those expenses like we talked about. Um, so from there, now I just got to, you know, figure out how much I can offer, 
um, what I can put down to try to stay right in that range um, of that thousand fifty payment to the to the seller. So, so what, 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 let, let me cut you off because I have like a question comment for you. Okay. And so what I'd like to do at this point, so now we figured out, all right, this is the most amount of money that we can really offer the seller per month. And uh, so one of the things that I want to do at this point is uh, the way that the market's been, especially on like income type property, sometimes they're asking exorbitant prices based on the kind of rent that they're getting. Uh, have you seen that as well? Yeah, yeah. And I see it all over the, the nation. But uh, so here's the first thing that I want to do. So I know we can pay somewhere in that 950 to 1050 and make this work, right? Yeah. So he's asking 325 and I think initially we say we're trying to get as close to their asking price, maybe even a little bit more, uh, depending on the situation. But will those numbers work? So let's just, and there's no exact way of doing this, but you happen to throw out a $15,000 down payment, right? Uh -huh. So let's just take their 325 that they're asking and take out 10 grand, take out 12 grand, take out 15 grand, take out somewhere in that vicinity, okay? Yeah. Uh, so let's call it 310 is what we're asking the, the owner to finance. Yeah. Okay, so interest rates are probably, yeah, for non-owner occupant, I don't know what they are, somewhere in the probably mid to high fours, something like that, five something. Yeah, close to five, yeah. But I never, I'm not, I'm not looking at paying market interest rates. So I usually just, right now, I just use 4% all the time. Okay. So how'd you I'm come putting, up with that? What? And how'd you come up with 4%? I just, just, yeah, it's, it's competitive. It's on the low end. I, I want to make it worth my while. I'm paying what I believe top dollar or close to it. Um, but it, it doesn't really matter. You could put four and a half percent. What we're trying to do is figure out if the numbers will really work. Okay. So and we're going to amortize it over 30 years. And what is the payment? Um, so if we do 310. 4% over 30 years. Calculate. So I got uh, 1,479.99. So that's considerably higher than the, the payment that we're offering. Yeah. So from there, do we just lower the purchase price? Do we put more down? Because, I mean, even if we put, let's say, 25 down, I mean, that's only going to lower the payment by what, like 50 bucks a month or something? Yeah, it's not going to lower. It's not getting to that $1,000 a month range. Yeah. So even if we put 20, if we put another 10 down, 25,000, um, that, that monthly payment will only be 1432. So it lowered it by like 50 bucks. So you see, we've got a problem here. And th th this is the kind of problem that, um, you know, even if we offered, but, and, I'm not offering this, but even if we offered 5% at 310, I mean, our payment's just only going up. Um, you know, if we offered 3.5% for 30 years, 
I mean, we're still at 1,400, basically. Um, we offered 2%. We offered 2%. 310. And guys, just FYI, we have, you know, we got a, we got a financial calculator uh, yeah. that we're using. So um, for those of you out there that does not know how to use a financial, financial calculator, just get a basic loan calculator and you can play with that. Or there's tons of tutorials online. So I just wanted to throw that out there, Jeff. So yeah. people's like, or, or go back to our very early on episodes where we go over the calculator and how to use it. Yeah, and what we're going to do some videos in the future of using a um, financial calculator, just a 10 BII calculator on our screen. We're going to record that um, so that you know it'll be kind of our tutorial and how we and we'll show you how we run through the the numbers the same way as we're doing now. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Okay, so do you see a problem? Uh, the, the problem is, is that the asking price too much compared to what the rents are are just not going to work. So we, we have a couple of solutions here. One is we could just not make an offer that this doesn't quite fit with what we're trying to do. Two, we can get a little more creative and. Now, this property is free and clear, which allows us to get a little more creative. Could you see a major problem if he, if this seller had a payment of like nine hundred and fifty dollars a month? Yeah, there's there would be no room there uh, yeah. to give the seller a little bit of money. We'd basically just try to cover his payment, that. right? Yeah, yep. yeah. So because it's free and clear, it allows us to potentially come up with some different offers, and. Uh, so, so we have a decision to make, and this is where it gets really interesting because I get a bunch of these types of leads. Yeah, and I'm sure this is probably the most typical kind of lead out there, you know, a, a very typical scenario. Yeah, they're um, asking too much compared to what it can get, and I sometimes I just bypass them. It's like it's not even worth trying to put together a deal. But yeah. other times I, I try to sit down and I think about this and I want to figure out how do I, how do I try to get them still their price <clears throat> and uh, you know, make the rest of the terms work. Okay. So what do you, how much time do we have left on this particular episode? Uh, I don't know. We got, Probably another five or ten minutes that we could do. Right, so um, kind of keep it around we, our time frame that we like. Uh, so if you were to ask me from here, Jeff, what I would do, I would just try to play with that that purchase price. I would just drop that purchase price, um, and then to the. So to, I would I would start at. Uh, so three hundred. Yeah, let's say three hundred, and let's say I was to put just say twenty five down. So let's just try two seventy five. Okay. Uh -huh. So if I was to do 275, calculate that payment, and I'm still staying at 2% interest here. <laughs> so if I were to offer them 300, and I was to put, I was to put um, 25,000 down, and offer them 2% interest, which isn't a lot, but that would put my payment, my principal and interest payment, at 1,016. So that that would be the range I would need to be in. Okay. Is that is that appealing to them? You know, twenty five thousand below their asking and only two percent interest. 
I don't know, but that's that's where I would go with this. Okay, so that that would be your offer. Uh, basically, you've got to come down on price and you got yeah. to come down on interest rate to get that payment. Yeah, so three. How important it is to know what that payment needs to be before we try to structure this deal, right? Because if we just tried to structure the deal based on what they're asking, that the, this doesn't work, right? I mean, right. I, unless you want to own rental property for free and not make any cash flow, maybe even pay some money every month. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't work. That's why we got to work backwards, see how much money we have to work with. Yeah. Because we got to make it fit. Yeah. So you always start with market rents and then uh, minus expenses. So absolutely one of the ways is drop the price. Yeah. I don't love that you had to raise your down payment. Uh, right. because you know, you're still getting the same kind of cash flow that we were talking about, which is three to three fifty a month. Something yeah, like but that. I'm out of pocket another 10 grand. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were bringing in, let's say somewhere in between, let's just call $4,000 cash flow a year and you have 25 grand into it, right? Uh huh. As a down payment. And let's make sure that we don't forget about that roof, $35,000 into it. Now, if you divide that 4,000 divided by 30, you're at what, 11? 11, 11.4%. 11%. Not terrible, not great. Um, cash return. If you wanted to wholesale this, you still got to add your fee to, to on top. Now it's going down. It's probably going to be less than 10. Uh, so I, I don't love where we're at. Do you? No, I don't. And if I was going to try to wholesale it, I would, I would try to keep my down payment to fifteen thousand, um, yeah. so that I can add ten to that. But now you're not getting your payment down to where it needs to be. That's, yeah, that's true. So I would have to just lower that purchase price again. So some of the variables that we can play with are purchase price. Yep. Interest rate. Interest rate, and it. Where do we end up on this deal? Because right now, uh, uh, th th this is probably that to me, it's already at the top value. I don't even have to go run comps. Now, maybe there are things that have sold for 350, uh, which makes no sense, right? 1800 um, income selling for 350. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, uh, now, and here's another quick, easy way to figure out if it's even feasible, right? Okay. At 350, let's say we just go to the bank and we say, all right, we're going to buy this property. Um, we'll put down 20%, which would be $70,000 in this case. Yeah. Finance, um, what, 280? Yep, 280. What did you say that you thought non owner occupied interest rates are? Close five. to five. Let's oh, just five. call it five. Five and two eighty. See what our payment is going to be. Fifteen hundred and three dollars principal and interest. Yep. Add in your taxes, insurance. Um, what did we say that was? Two seventy. Yeah, two seventy. Uh, and if you're going to get a management company, uh, you're not. Uh, you yeah. can't afford it. <laughs> yeah. This has a thirty dollar a month cash flow. Plus, it needs a new roof. Um, plus you just put down $70,000. Those numbers don't work, right? Okay. They're asking too much. Okay. So you can always try to go lower price wise. 
Yeah. Um, and what I want to do is on our next episode, I'm going to talk about a couple of the, a few more creative ways that uh, at least three that I came up with. And th these aren't normally that one is probably two are normal offers that we make. One is a little bit outside the box. I almost never make this offer, but hey, I tried to figure out a way to make it work. Okay. So has this been helpful for you? I mean, yeah, you, very. you, you well, were I able to work through some of this and I, I, I see this kind of lead a lot. And yeah. if you looked at my task bar, I probably have 15, 20 leads sitting in there because they're all similar to like this. Like, <laughs> They're not really great leads, but if I actually want to try to make something out of it, I got to think through it a little bit and see if we can put something together. Right. Okay. So on our next episode, we're going to go into that. Yes. Okay. Great. Yeah, this was very helpful for me. It's kind of fun to work through the numbers this way, and hopefully it gives our listeners uh, an idea of how to do the same because the steps I'm taking right now with you, Jeff, that's what they need to be doing. That's right. Um, to, to figure that out um, so well we've talked about working backwards a lot a number of different episodes right yeah but you have now, to now you truly see why um, you've got to because uh, you know, how else do we figure out if this can work is that uh, you know, we can't pay thirteen fourteen hundred dollar a month in debt service on this property it won't work there's no right. money right exactly all right, guys, um, hope that's helpful. Um, if you have questions or comments for us, you want to reach us directly, um, call our hotline. Uh, that's 877-409-8090, 877-409-8090. You, uh, you can find all of our episodes on our website, thecreativefinancingpodcast.com, and then we're on Facebook at the Creative Financing Podcast. Uh, you can find us there. Um, and we also started a YouTube channel called uh, The Creative Financing Show. So we're, uh, we're in all those places if you want to reach us or find more. Um, and then wherever you get your podcasts, please subscribe um, and rate and review us. We need that to continue to grow this thing and uh, continue to bring you guys value. Um, any last words, Jeff? Uh, don't forget, I offer an apprentice program nationwide, two different ones. Uh, if you're interested in working with me in some way or another, give us a call on the hotline. I will get back to you personally and uh, watch for uh, as we start to put together videos of me actually going through leads from start to finish and, Making how, offers. Yeah, and how I actually put together the offers. That'll be fun. Cool. All right, guys, till next time, create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. 
This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.